Join me, Chelsea Erson, on season three of my podcast, Dear Young Rocker. Tune in to hear some of my favorite musicians tell stories from their awkward musical beginnings, reconnect with the teenager they used to be, and remember what it's like to fall in love with your favorite band for the first time. Listen to Dear Young Rocker Season 3 on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to the final episode of Season 1 of We Got You! We can't believe that we finally made it here. One question we asked every participant on the show this season was especially important for us. And why? Well, to help you. And that question was, what would you tell your younger self? I would tell my younger self to surround yourself with people who care about you. I would tell my younger self, stop changing yourself for other people. I would tell my younger self, that you aren't crazy. If I could go back and tell myself one thing, I would definitely tell myself that there's hope. No matter like what you've gone the through, there's always going to be hope. You just have to be having any form of You're going through life and it's tough. But what's going to happen to you? How do you get through it? Does anyone even understand? I wish someone could tell me what to do. Hi, I'm Samantha Logan, and this is We Got You, a podcast for kids whose hard questions are answered by the older teenage kids who have already been through it. So... This episode, we are turning the mic on me. If I could go back and tell my younger self something, there's so much I would say. It gets so much better. Like, it's all gonna be okay. What you're feeling right now, all those thoughts that like keep running through your head and all those overwhelming emotions that you're feeling so deeply, they subside and you learn to manage that better. And you start to make a relationship with those thoughts and those feelings and more importantly yourself and things get better. They just do. I didn't know that at the time. I didn't believe that. But now, like if I could, yeah, if I could say it to my younger self, that's exactly what I would say. And I would just give her a big hug. I mean, I can think back to, I think it was towards the beginning of the season. One of the first episodes we recorded was Kobe. I remember that was one of the first ones that I I read her entire story. And I was like, I relate to this girl so much. She is such a force. Like, she's so eloquent in the way that she speaks and... She's so um, introspective and extremely educated on mental health. And I was like, wow, like her and I definitely would have. I mean, I'd be friends with her now. But like, especially when I was, you know, a kid or her age, we would totally be friends. Her talking about anxiety and dealing with that and not really having anybody to go to to have those kinds of conversations or just to talk to somebody about that. And I related to that. 
you know, I felt really isolated and I felt like I had to figure out mental health on my own. I think the guest was Tyla. I don't remember if it was her or Kobe, but someone had mentioned, you know, like when you when you look up to adults, they're like they're the only ones that deal with mental health. You know, kids don't deal with mental health. You know, I don't have those things, but kids deal with those things. And it's important to find somebody that you trust and you feel comfortable with to start those conversations because you don't have to suffer alone. So I related to her in a lot of ways. And um, yeah, that was kind of like the catapult for all of this. It was, like I said, the very beginning. And I was like, oh, this is going to be awesome. Every kid's story, just like week after week, just got more in depth and more inspiring. And because despite all the things they were feeling or going through, there was always this sort of thing that they came to terms with. And they always came out on the other side, having learned something or persevering. They are the pioneers and they're our future. And I'm like so incredibly proud of all of them for being so vulnerable and open because it's hard to do. I definitely dealt with the fear aspect. I think I was just more so embarrassed to like admit to anyone that I was struggling with these things because I didn't want to admit them to myself. Like I was like, I'm all, all of this, I this isn't real and I'm just gonna sh suppress this and shove it way down and just put on this mask and show everyone that I'm okay. But after a while, that doesn't work and it surfaces and it comes up and it can come up in really ugly ways. Going back, I definitely had that fear of opening up and going to somebody. I never felt like I was gonna get in trouble for it. I just felt like people would view me different or treat me as like some special case. When like, honestly, the things that I've been diagnosed with and my mental health, it's a superpower and it makes me who I am. And it took me until like later on to find that out. Um, but at the time I felt like it was um, a setback, like all these things that I was dealing with, they were setbacks. And I felt really kind of on the outside and like nobody understood me, but I never felt like I was gonna get in trouble for it. So I'm thankful for that because I can only imagine how hard that would be to have that fear of going to a parent, for example, and having them have the wrong response and the wrong um, approach to their children opening up because that's the worst thing. Because then you're like, I'm the issue. When you're not the issue, you're a human being who's allowed to feel these things and there's help out there for you. And if you don't get that the first time around, there's always somebody else who will come to you with the right kind of approach and love. You know, I remember the first time I went to therapy, um, I didn't like the, the therapist that I met with. And it kind of jaded me in a way. I was like, oh, well, this, this is how all therapy sessions must be. And it's not. And I've had a couple more sessions since then. And you kind of have to like cycle through a couple people to find your person. And whether or not that's a therapist or somebody else, a counselor or whoever, you will find your people and your, and your safe space to go to. I've dealt with depression and anxiety my whole life. And yeah, I remember, I mean, all of those things kind of fused together are like so overwhelming. 
But when I was a kid, you know, having that, I just would feel really chaotic some days. And I remember I had started taking prescribed medication per my psychiatrist for ADHD. And while I know that medication may work for some people and is important, um, for me personally, it didn't work out. You know, I was feeling really nauseous. It made my heart race a lot. I was getting work done, but at the expense of my health, I felt. So I stopped taking medication and, you know, all of a sudden my, my ADHD was back and I couldn't focus and I couldn't do my schoolwork. And the most important thing was I wanted to do my work. I wanted to be a good student. I was smart. I am smart and I am capable but I didn't believe I was any of these things because I felt like I had this setback and I just felt chaotic. It's taken me a while, even up until now, you know, I'm 24 now and I have found smart, like small ways to sort of help me navigate all of that better, which is really great, but only because it's become more of a conversation now. Depression even was um, looming, <laughs> still is. And I've made a relationship with my depression. You know, I kind of one day woke up and shook hands with myself. And I was like, we got this. <laughs> we got you. We got this. We got you. Um, but no, but literally, like, we got this. Um, and then things started to get better. And like, yeah, like, you're going to have really crappy days. And it's important to be patient with yourself because I would then like drag myself like, oh, you're so lazy. You don't do anything. And I would hear that from external places as well. Like, oh, you're so lazy. You don't do anything. You're in bed all day. Like, what are you doing? You... And that's not good to hear because, again, I don't want that. I want to do my homework. I want to get up and seize the day, but I can't. Um, and so learning to be patient with yourself is so important. And that's something that I also found since, you know, first having all of those things come up and... Yeah, anxiety kind of goes hand in hand with the depression. You know, it kind of is that voice in the back of your head that's always going that you can't stop. Um, but you make a relationship with it and you learn that thoughts come and go and that's okay. And you just roll with the punches. Acceptance is key. I remember waking up, looking at myself in the mirror and being like, we got this. Okay, this is what we're dealing with. This is what we got to work with. Okay, I can work with this. <laughs> Let's do this thing. Some tactics that I found over the years that helped me are physical outlets, like any type of exercise. And, you know, you don't have to go the formulaic route and like what people tell you to do. Like find what works for you. If that's going for a 15 to 20 minute walk every morning in your neighborhood or like bilateral movements, I was told are really good to like work your brain. I like dancing, I grew up dancing and I'll just like throw some music on in my bedroom and like jam out and have a good time. And that just gets me going. If you have a bike, go biking. If you got a scooter, go scooter, go do, go do something physical and good for you. Um, Cause it is so helpful. Um, and then also if there's days where you don't want to do anything, you're like, eh, I don't really feel like doing anything. It's okay, I'll do it when I want to do it. And I'm going to listen to my body. But yeah, movement, um, reading. I'm so thankful to have a creative outlet, like my job, you know, acting. I'm constantly having to turn on those things. And so tapping into that is sometimes hard for me to do. But once I get that release out, I'm able to just release it and let it go. 
and that feels really good. Um, movies, uh, I think the arts are just such a great safe space for you to go to, just to get inspired and and also reading. It's as, as like cliche as it sounds, like self-help books. I went straight to Barnes & Noble on my own. I went to the self-help section and I picked up a handful of amazing books that have really just been so life-changing for me. To all the kids who have shared stories and conversations with us this season, we are so incredibly proud of you. And we are thankful for your honesty and we're excited to see all that you will inspire and accomplish beyond this year. We Got You is a podcast that gives a voice to every kid out there who doesn't have anyone to go to for advice, who might be scared to ask their friends, older siblings, or parents for help. We're here for you. And remember that right now, no matter how crazy right now is, it is just a tiny part of your life and you will get through it. We all need to remind ourselves of that. Visit wegotyoushow.com slash resources for all the organizations that can help with whatever issue you may be facing. And remember, you are not alone. We Got You is sponsored by a grant from the Corporation for Public Broadcasting with special thanks to PRX and Tracks for Support. Production assistant is Carolina Garrigo. Theme music by Dima. Original composition by Dimitri Lidman, Ollie Chang, and Guy Brown. Music edit, sound design, and mix by Rob Ballingle. And music supervision by Justin Morris. We Got You is created, written, and produced by Hallie Petro and Brandon Leganke in association with Sonic Union NYC. Thank you for being with us here. And till next season, this is Samantha Logan saying, we got you. Support for Tracks comes from the Corporation for Public Broadcasting. This is Tracks from PRX.